Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and M-O-O-N, and that spells beer. Laws, yes it does. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are reading The Stand. And we're the drunk guys. And we're the drunk guys. And this <laughs> week, I'm going to be drunk already. And this week we're reading The Stand by Stephen King. And I'm we're still in quarantine, so I'm starting with a beer. I don't know if you could tell on the camera that that is a larger than normal can. That does it like a thick boy. It's like a proportioned can to my hand or something. Uh, (laughs) It's a crowler. That's a shack-sized can. It's it's the size of his dick, yeah. It says, uh, oh my God, it's spilling everywhere. It's not that that big. This is is when he goes swimming. Uh, uh, (laughs) This is from Decadent Ales, and it is called Banana Macadamia Fudge Cake. And just bear with me as I explain how this relates to the book. Uh, Banana, because shit goes bananas throughout the book. As the world ends, macadamias are a nut, and things are pretty nutty as well. And fudge, because this book is shitty. So that's my uh, take on this one. It's a 12.5% alcohol imperial stout made with those things. And uh, if, you, if you're curious, we, get, we have no sponsorship deal at all, but you can order for shipping within New York State from Dickens and Hales. And they will ship you crowlers of beer or cans. Support your local breweries Yeah, for during real. this time. But mostly support ours. Yes. So we can keep getting stuff from them. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, and, send uh, money to us, and we'll support <laughs> them for you. We do have a Patreon. It's interesting you say that. Yeah, um, slash Drunk Guys Book Club. And I'd just like to shout out some of our patrons right now. Emir, Hayden, Lucas, Mariano, NCL. Support the arts. Yeah, this is decadent for sure. Um, you get all of those delicious cake flavors going on here and i don't know how i could drink all this but i'll find i'll find a way <laughs> i believe in you i ordered three crowlers of this so i've done prep work on the first one <laughs> so yeah that's my connection i don't want to spoil the ending for you but i really didn't like this book guys so take it away so the stand is definitely stephen king's longest book is it is it his first really long book I don't, it came out. He wrote it in like the seventies, right? Seventy four. It came out in nineteen seventy eight or seventy nine, but yeah. then was re released in nineteen ninety as an even longer version. Yeah, and but, they changed some things. Bigger, longer, they, and uncut. They uh, that is not the right tagline, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't stand. They also they also made it take place ten years later. Like the original took place in nineteen eighty. But that then the updated a one lot. took place in 1990. Me too, especially when they were talking about AIDS. Yeah, and I was like, and Times Square a in 1978 they had AIDS. Like I don't <laughs> think so. That doesn't make sense. Then I was it like, existed, no, no, existed, no. but nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what it was exactly. The name. It's another didn't gay exist. guy died today. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> that no, was they wouldn't announce it yeah. on the news. They didn't care. Oh no! Like it was that's it was the coroner's report. They're like, what did this guy die? Let me ask you: Is he gay? Oh, there you have it. That's <laughs> it. He died a gay. <laughs> he had early onset gay. Next body, please. Yeah, that summed up science of the time. That was basically <laughs> it. And then they were yeah. like, "Oh, there's a name for that disease. It's called AIDS, but it's only for gays. So don't really worry about it. It's cool. It's not even like a joke. <laughs> it's no, <yeah>. what <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, so, so I don't know about you guys, but uh, I ended up reading the long version. Well, it's almost version? impossible to find the Th- shorter version. That's the version only one now. in print. That's the only one you could buy. Fuck. You have to like or, really seek it out because they just borrow. don't make it anymore. But it explains a lot about the changing the time and a lot of the weird references. 
they originally they cut it down because it was just too expensive for printers and publishers to physically make the book. They're like, this is too much, man. Fuck off. He was also pretty new author when it first yeah. came out. Like, he was pretty new. So, you know, because it costs a ton to, like, print a book that big. They were just like, no, we don't, we don't want to. Like, how many words is it? You know, like, that's the best way to measure the length of a book, right? Like Too many. It's not, like, that's anything, for sure. it's not anything like War and Peace or anything. Well, according it's to... It's in that range. It's it? close, yeah. It's about, according to this website I found, which is completely trustworthy, it's called readinglength.com, which I thought was about something else. Uh, but <laughs> readinglength.com, uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, That's readingintolength.com. Just about 400 and, just a little under 416,000 words. Now, okay. to put that in some perspective, the other big-ass, long, shitty books we've done, War and Peace... Or uh, it. War and Peace is 581,000 words. Oh, shit. It's so it's boy. 20% longer. Yeah. It is actually 300 and let's say 91,000 words. So it's shorter. Shorter. Infinite Jest is probably four. Uh, let's look it up. That's the other like big book that all bookers know about. Infinite Jest is 489,000. So it's, a, it's, a, it's up there. So it's actually Infinite Jest is actually shorter than War and Peace. Yeah, wow. And I would argue more readable. <laughs> well, the stand is long, but it is like most Stephen King books, very readable. Once you get past the Stephen King elements of it, yeah. I mean, there weren't any child orgies. There was a lot of weird sex stuff, but uh, there's so much stuff. There were so many passages I highlighted. Like, and this is like, and this is when you know you're reading a Stephen King book. <laughs> Yes. Like, why did that have to happen? Very clearly, like one of his, but it is one of his most famous, undoubtedly. Uh, Many people think it's one of his best, or if not his best. I don't know why. So it's it's a book about a worldwide apocalypse plague. Yeah, that's why we're reading it. And if you didn't know that, I don't know how you didn't know that. Although in this book, uh, the plague actually comes from a military research lab, just like the one we're experiencing today. Yeah, Just not definitely. one in China. Yeah, mm-hmm. America instead of China. In fact, the very first scene is somebody on uh, like a guard on the base trying to escape. He's like, bar- in the middle of the night, barges into his you know to the his wife the bedroom where his wife and child are sleeping. He's like, get up, get your stuff, let's pack, let's we need to get the fuck out of here. And then they leave. And then the next scene is random hillbillies at a gas station being like, whoa, whoa, why whoa, whoa, the hey, hell? Hey, that's their word. <laughs> random <laughs> everyone has a purpose no uh, <laughs> so random like east texas Hill hillbillies <laughs> at a uh, to you. gas station just arguing about nonsense and then one of them goes hey hey you better turn the pumps off because i think that car it's going off the road it's it's gonna hit one of those pumps and it does and uh it's the guy and his family. They've clearly been infected by this. Was it called super flu? Is that the word? It has for it several names. Flu. Each one dumber than the last. But they call it the super flu. And then later in the book, they just kind of switch over to Captain Trips. Cat. That's right. Well, he was sounds, sounds like, like Charlie? the name of a no. fucking like a male stripper with a giant cock. It's Captain <laughs> Trips. He trips over it. You know, like, that's like it's the dumbest name. Like, oh, he died of Captain Trips. Like he's a pirate who had a bat who had two peg legs. What is Captain <laughs> Trips? 
<laughs> You'd probably trip a lot, even with one peg leg. I mean, okay, I want to say something about the way the book is written, even though we haven't talked about how the, what happens yet. Like, st- one thing, wh- what I can say is what Stephen King is kind of good at is sort of having a concept for a book and then, like, inventing a lot of characters and adding a lot of backstory to them and, like, personality to them, too. Like, He's a very he, good He definitely does that. I, I would say yes. I would, I would agree with that. The problem is, I just didn't fucking care. So, <laughs> I just didn't. And it, there's, like, so much in the beginning, especially about the musician guy, about Larry, his, like, Larry you know... Underwood. Yeah, Larry Underwood. And... Baby, can't you dig your man? I was going like, to suggest as our opening joke was, baby, can you dig this beer? Was going to be a <laughs> dumb joke. <laughs> it's, it's equally useful, but not as good as M-O-O-N. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. And then there's that character, and then there's Franny, who you've, who's from Agunquit, Maine. Real place. Very nice beach town. In fact, I have purchased beers for the podcast in Agunquit, Maine. But anyway, she is like... This her opening her opening scene is she finds out she's pregnant, and her like stupid boyfriend is like, "Ugh, what really?" Is he it dies mine? almost right away? <laughs> yeah, and that goes on for a long time. And that had one of the first passages, by the way, of many throughout the book, where I was like, "Oh God, Stephen King, you suck." Where she she's like twenty two, you know, and she's some hot young thing, and she she's like six minutes pregnant. And she's going through some mental anguish to go confront her useless poetry major boyfriend. <laughs> like, you need to provide, so start writing fucking haikus. And then the, her first thought when she walks out of the car is like, she puts on her flip-flops and thinks, my legs are really great. I think it's what the guys would describe as banging or some, whatever the equivalent was in 1981. Like, Bitchin'. That, yeah, they're fucking rad. <laughs> These tubular legs. And they are quite like tubes. They are pretty tubular. They're very, very column-like. Maybe, maybe they were tubular. And that's, that was the point. They're, they're, they're horrible legs. She, she was a stocky they're girl. One, they're one, one uniform girth the whole way down. It was like cankles, but also for your knees. They're like a. It's like was a rhinoceros leg. A yeah, Lego figurine. A Lego <laughs> she can only wear overalls. But like reading that passage, like Stephen King, like. No fucking person thinks like that about their body. No one's like, you know, I'm pregnant, but my legs, I bet the frat boys still like my legs because I'm 22. Like, it just... Like, I've, Stephen King also wrote in another book, I don't know which one, but I've seen the, the paragraph. It's talking about a woman, and it's like, and she had a set of mammoth jahoobies. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, compared to that, this is Dickens. <laughs> He wants to put his dickens between those jahoobies. <laughs> it's a great word. It is. I, th- I thought that was like an old shitty car. It's a jahoobie. That's a jalopy. I, I, that's how Stephen King describes asses. It's my model jahoobie. She got some a saggy jalopy on the back of her there. But one of the things I noticed throughout this book, and I'm not the kind of person to notice this in books, and I usually kind of ignore it. When people point it out to me, I say, ah, you're full of shit. The female characters are the most useless, stupid people in the world. Every man is competent and smart in some way, even the fucking retarded guy. But the women are <laughs> He's more competent than all the women. The women are helpless. Except all the 100-year-old lady. 
who is God, essentially. So that's not really fair. But, <laughs> but the rest of them are incompetent, and they're also just afraid. And then when they're not afraid, they're so horny. All they want to <laughs> do is fuck the men. Like it's, like he has some fucking issues, dude. Like Fran Goldsmith is panicked. She's pregnant. The world has ended, and then the, the dark man is going to kill them all. And she's like, I'm so scared, Stu. Please they hold still me. Still put her on the town council for some reason. Yeah, like, <laughs> she has the wisdom of two people. <laughs> she has wisdom for two. <laughs> but then as soon as that's over, she's like, make love to me. Like, she, get the fuck out of here. I had a pregnant wife. I know what they're like. They're not fucking sex crazed. And she's like, I'm so fucking worried. What if you lose your job? Give me some sex right here on the floor. Floor. like that's not how it works it's more like you need to rub my feet now or i'm gonna fucking cry and you go like yeah all right that's please please not that again every woman is just horny for the men and useless without that throughout the whole book except for mother abigail there's a there's a few side characters that are competent uh, the the woman who on the, also on the townhouse and who also ends up going to vegas who's like because she, she got because she's, she's a lesbian though but she also got like raped into being raped, uh, raped into being Matahari. Yeah. <laughs> she was. Uh, she, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. We should have a beer. Someone have a beer. I'll have a beer. This now beer, the point of all Stephen King books. This yeah. beer is called Six Feet Apart. Wow, nice. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I was like, I kind of gotta nose. fucking get that. Uh, and it's by Keg and Lantern. It is a beer. It's an India Pale Ale. Seven and a half percent. It's not bad. It doesn't. It doesn't have much flavor, uh, but it's it's good. But it is kind of thin. A little. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to let it acclimate to my body. It's not. It's not. It's not really. Not much to say about it. But it was a very kind of like name. this book. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to there's say. There's a lot going on in this book. Nate, what's your beer? All right. Well, this is a beer I've been looking forward to trying for a long time because I bought one and I was like, huh, that could be good. This is called Panna Cotta Cult oh. by Other Half and Magnify. This is Blueberry Coconut Lime Leaf Panna Cotta Berliner. That's what it says. It is 6.5% alcohol. It is definitely a purplish color. Purplish. Ooh, that's nice. It's a little bit tart can't say i taste the coconut it's mostly like i want to say it tastes like banana actually is what i want to say it tastes like even though there isn't any of that in there it's a little bit tart not too bad not like really bad it's fact it's both sweet and tart at the same time i like it this is very good i wish i wish i bought a case of this <laughs> before it there's ran still out time there's still t- they other half has been pushing out some good beers but they sell out fast and they kind of rotate the delivery zones, which is frustrating. As we saw with the stouts the other day, we tried. I tried to order, and I couldn't. Like he was like, "We're delivering to Queens, like sweet," but they weren't delivering the new stout bottles. But then the next day, it would open up for Nate's neighborhood, and he was so I got them. <coughs> Those look like really good stouts, by the way. I uh, definitely want to try them. So this book, I mean, there's no sense in going through it piece by piece, but. Uh, so it sets up, you know, there's all the main characters. Stu, the uh, the Texan hardcore, just like doesn't say anything, that's not a wise southern man. Uh, Franny, the young dumb girl. Larry, the musician who just fucks. 
Um, my favorite character in almost any book, one of my favorites, Harold. Who? Harold, the uh, the fucking sixteen year old who wants oh, to get with oh, Franny. Yeah. Harold Lautner or whatever. Harold, his name. Yeah. yeah. Harold Emerson Lautner. I can't believe like this. He wrote this in like the late seventies, and he totally predicted neckbeards. <laughs> like this kid is like every time he spoke, I could like hear the fedora on his head. <laughs> I just really wanted to go into like a long diatribe of how the katana is the best sword, but he never did. Do you, do you want to just explain for the dear listener what a neck beard is? Oh, I think I know what it is. It's you know just like a generally a portly man boy uh, who doesn't groom adequately, so the beard mainly goes in on their neck. Uh, <laughs> usually seen in a fedora because they believe if you wear a fedora, you look classy. But they doesn't really. They don't wear the rest of the suit. They just wear a pointy hat with like a an old, uh, usually anime T-shirt, and uh, <laughs> they speak a lot like the guy from Confederacy of Dunces. Oh yeah, okay. But, but without saying anything useful, and they're usually wildly misogynistic because girls won't touch their peens. So they're like super nerdy fucking wieners yeah i mean but with, yeah they're basically basically incels but like without uh without the as much of the rage stuff and more of these sad like oh god <laughs> take a bath boy but harold is god of the god of the of them in this book and he's hilarious even though he's clearly crazy and it becomes a minor villain later on spoiler literally because he's a he's still a minor he's only 16 <laughs> is it though he's 18 is I, think, I, I think I thought he was still more like 18 but I don't know it doesn't matter in the slightest actually no he's a, <laughs> he's a big boy and you know Fran finds him weeping hysterically as he runs across the lawn in his underwear mowing his lawn well how With else the, do after you his mow parents your lawn? are dead yeah after <laughs> everyone's dead after it <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so what happens the difference between the 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 virus in uh the stand and the coronavirus is that the 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 military virus in the stand it kills 99.9% of everyone right away there's like no hope they like get bad over the course of about 3 days and then they're dead and there are just a couple of people who seem to be immune like in all of a gunquit maine it was only those two people it was franny and the so Nick 11 Beard. people that died it. yeah <laughs> it's like it's half the town <laughs> most places are completely wiped out and it's just a few people across America who are like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, they all start off in different places and they have to make their way through psychic visions together. I have a beer for that. Oh, wow. Yeah, they also another name for Captain You must Trips. have been psychic. So this is how they how they um you know, the Captain oh, was it Tube Neck. That was another stupid name for it because your neck swells up. Did you guys read the version with the uh like random illustrations. There's like five pictures throughout the whole book. And then one is like a cartoon with a fat neck. You're like, that guy's just got a jowls. So this is from Other Half as well. This is called Double Mosaic Dream. And it is a double dry hopped Imperial Pale Ale. It's 8.5% alcohol, I'm assuming, made with mosaic hops. And it works on two levels because they all have recurring similar dreams about one or both of these two figures, who we'll talk about in a second. And, uh, you know, Mosaic, because the, the whole plot is made up of these many different pieces of these different characters. So there you go. 
Wow. And uh, mosaic hops we've had many times before, and we have made the joke many times before that they taste like little bits of hops or something stupid to that effect. Many little different flavors. But I get mostly from this like a tropical, almost mango hop flavor, which is delicious and lovely. I've drank half a case of that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's fucking good, right? Very good, yes. Did you get the all strata everything? That's also damn good. I did not. Or the Mylar bags no. was banging? Mylar, Mylar bags. I got half Daydream <laughs> and half Mylar bags. That's what I got first time. And the lesson Nate learned was next time, two cases. <laughs> it's Come hard to out. carry. <laughs> they bring it to your door, dude. Oh, yeah. I, but I, I know. You, you pay an extra dollar for a tiny bag of Doritos because they technically, you have to order food when you, with the alcohol. So it's yeah. $1 for a bag, tiny little bag of Doritos, and then a whole case of beer. Oh, by the way, when the other half guy came, um, my wife is paranoid about us getting deliveries, and we've get a ton. Like we've been, not, we've been doing Instacart and um, uh, having beer delivered almost every week. <laughs> also wine you for You mean her. every day? <laughs> uh, I have done about five deliveries of beer during quarantine. I don't want to even think about how much money that was. One of the things uh, I did not think about, um, I, right when this started, I got two kegs from Finback, and then I ran out of gas, <laughs> like the gas for the beer. So they're just sitting the there. The CO2? The CO2. Like, you can't get that delivered. <laughs> so I have to, like, uh, that go to a place. So they're just, they'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll somehow make it. But just, <laughs> just get a chisel and chip a hole in the keg and drink it, drink it directly. If I didn't steal those nice metal kegs from other distributors, and it, you know, I would do that. I could pour them; they just pour really flat. Which I just try to like hold the glass far away so it just bubbles up. Like, that's close enough. Just bu- blow into it with a straw. Oh, that's actually uh, <laughs> the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other half guy came and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm just going to set these beers right down here, like on like the little brick at the start of the driveway." And I like was walking towards like, yes, I'll take them now, please. And my wife was like, dude, it looked like you were about to hug him. I was like, no, <laughs> I wasn't gonna. He just brought me beer to my home. It was fine. <laughs> just going to give him a reach around. And I was like, you know, how do you say thank you? <laughs> He's my hero. I wanted to be his buddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, lots of good beers happening. All right. So uh, there's two dreams that everybody seems or two figures that are appearing in people's dreams. One is an old, old black lady sitting on a porch in, like, where was it? Nebraska? Yes. And I, I forgot the name of the town. Doesn't fucking matter. They found it. And the other one was of a white guy, I presume, but they call him, like, the dark man. And the walking dude. Walking dude. Because I wanted to think he talked like Christopher Walken the whole <laughs> time. I mean, like, he might have. Mother Abigail. She must be taken out, you know. <laughs> like, but it's like, like that's the whole time he talks like Christopher Walken, but like a really shitty Christopher Walken, like I'm capable of doing. <laughs> uh, by the way, my beer is for him because Panacotta cult, and he starts a cult. Oh, totally. Yeah, we'll crucify you for using smack in my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I know my Christopher Walken is not good, but it's just very fun. It's to do. pretty close. Everyone has it, and it's, it's just as yeah. they're all bad, just like the real Christopher Walken's yeah. is. His own voice is just a caricature of his voice. Yeah, I think so. 
It's a genius. Apparently, you know, I read somewhere like he he basically never says no to a role he's offered as long as he could fit it in his schedule. He has made some questionable films, like some piece. That guy has an Oscar, and he's made some garbage, like dodgeball balls or uh, was that ping pong game movie? He oh, made? balls of fury. Balls of fury. Yeah, yeah that was atrocious. <laughs> atrocious. <laughs> so the walking dude was what I think we're talking about. The walking dude, Randall Flag, that's his name, right? That yeah, is no, correct. Now. They mention at some point that he has many other names and many other forms because he's basically the devil, right? And they say that RF stands for something. But I don't know what the fuck that means because he was like other RF things. Radio frequency. Are, are you radio, joking? Radio Faga. <laughs> <laughs> really fucking dumb book. But basically, he's the bad guy and he wants to gather all the mean people and Mother Abigail wants to gather all the nice people, which is a great basis for society. But what the fuck is the R? I'm looking at the fucking Stephen King fandom wiki to try to understand what the RF stands for. And it's there's so much. Oh, my God. These nerds need to stop. <laughs> whole, I mean, apparently, like every fuck, he's like a... He's the thing that links this most strongly to the Dark Tower, right? Is that correct? Kind of. Kind of. Isn't he in that? Isn't he like a bad guy in that? Uh, kind of. I mean, it, it's impossible to go into without giving away like I don't central care. plot points of later books. So. Let's save that. Maybe one yeah. day we'll actually do the Dark it, Tower. For the, for the time of, for, you know, when he wrote this, there was only maybe one Dark Tower out, and he added that all later. So it doesn't really matter at this point. All that really matters is that he's basically, he's not really like our idea of like Satan, but he is the bad guy. He is some sort of evil. You know, he's kind of like it. You know, he's just like this evil force out in the universe, and he has to do battle with Abigail, the cosmic turtle. But in um in the Dark Tower, isn't the bad guy like the Dark Man or something like that? Is that Randall Flagg? The Man in Black. Oh, was it Will Smith? Yes, it's Will Smith. It's Tommy Lee Jones, actually. Is a trick question. They dress in black. Remember that. Well, actually, a lot of this book takes place in the Wild Wild West, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Get back to Will Smith. <laughs> and very few people back to Will Smith. are going to Miami. So, uh, but here, back in the book, towards the end of the first millennium, we have. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how many Will Smith jokes we could possibly make. Uh, <laughs> They're like, "Hey, let's get together because we're all gonna, you know, build a society. We're all just, you know, we're getting jiggy with it." That's. that's <laughs> and the bad guys are like, "Na na 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 na." Oh god, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> so Randall flags the bad dude. And he is one of the things people are seeing in their dreams, and it's clearly a nightmare. He's like this dark, faceless figure who's wearing blue jeans and cowboy boots. And, and you show up for the math final. You didn't even know you were in the class. <laughs> 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 and you're not wearing pants. And, and your teeth uh, fell out, but they're in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, um, that's one dream. And the other dream is of an old, an old black lady, Mother Abigail. Right. We talked about her. So everybody's trying to figure out what the fuck to do. And they're all gathering slowly over time. They're all, they, you know, the Stu meets up with uh, some old fisherman guy. I forget his name. 
the the artist. The, the, oh, no, Glenn. The, Glenn, the, Glenn, the sociologist. Glenn. Yeah, the, the teacher. Who, the guy who somehow has proven that sociology is a worthwhile education. There's like five mm. times in the book where they're like, golly, sociology sure is helpful. <laughs> they're all like, he's like, well, as a sociologist, let me tell you, people are going to want to organize their society. <laughs> Dozens of sociology We should put this guy like, in charge. The guy was just sitting there on a painting in the middle of the street with a with his dog Kojak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with like a beret. And he's like, Let's have some beers. I got these beers cooling in a lake or whatever. And then they become weird buddies. They were, uh, yeah. So they become friends, and then they meet up with Franny and Harold eventually. And Harold's like, "Don't fuck my lady." And the guy's like, "I don't want to fuck your lady," but he's like, "I want to fuck that lady." Well, he was really uh, so your lady tension. wants to fuck me. Because you know, well, yeah, because the other choice is uh, is neckbeard boy, and, and she doesn't want to hear about it. She just doesn't want to hear <laughs> about Dragon Ball anymore. <laughs> I get it. Dragon Ball GT was not as good as Dragon Ball Z. Again, I, it's fine. Dragon Ball GT <laughs> isn't in the official canon anymore. It's, it doesn't count. Super Saiyan level four doesn't look like that. <laughs> God, I don't care about Goku. Go tanks. Can't melt steel beams. <laughs> and whatever happened to Cell? Okay, so then. <laughs> Nate, you didn't watch Dragon Ball? You don't know any of that shit? <laughs> nope, I've never seen it. Well, oh it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's great if you're 13. I, that's exactly when I watched <laughs> Dragon Ball. <laughs> like but, um, so they're all walking, and Larry makes his way out of New York with some crazy lady who just killed herself. Oh, I had like a beer for that. What, I did too, but here, you go for it. You, you, you both I have one. I actually also have a beer for that. Oh, no. trifecta. <laughs> mine, mine works for any time, but I thought about it then. Uh, mine works for the New York scene because uh, Larry, who is the, he just broke out as a pop singer guy with the lamest song you ever fucking heard. It's <laughs> it was the seventies, but not in the book. It was nineteen ninety in the book. It would have been great if he up if he updated the song for the nineteen ninety version, like "Baby, Can You Dig Your Man?" parentheses because he's so rad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then in my song, there was a bitchin' guitar solo <laughs> and a synth thing. So this is from Evil Twin NYC, and this is called Whatever Happened to Baltic Avenue in Brooklyn? And it's a 9% alcohol Baltic Porter because, you know, New York City gets all fucked up, and they never really tell you what happens to Baltic Avenue in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's what I got. There you go. They don't. So this is... Um, a Baltic porter, which is uh, whatever, it's fucking basically a polter. I mean, but port, polter, porter, excuse me. There's nothing added to this. There's no extra stuff which you are used to seeing with Evil Twin. And port, Baltic porters are lagered, so they're a much cleaner flavor. So, um, compared to what I expect from a dark, double, nearly double digit beer from Evil Twin, where it's like, this is our beer made with Snickers and Gophers. This is really... Oh, <laughs> I know, Snickers are nasty. <laughs> but <laughs> you get a lot of like roasted bitter flavors out of it. You get a lot of that. I don't really like it at all. I bought one four-pack, and I, I still have two cans left. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Try to find a way to use them on the podcast, probably. <laughs> um, it's just not... I mean, Baltic Porter, Baltic Porter is not a style you see. It just strikes me as, especially what I expect from Evil Twin, very simple, very one-dimensional. Um, so I'm just, I'm, you guys aren't missing anything here. Oh, well, okay then. 
Uh, Nate, what was your beer? My beer is called Urban Refuge by Torch and Crown. Is it Urban Refugee? No, there's only one E. Oh, two. Okay, because so I bought that one too. It's definitely Refuge. Okay, yeah. I bought that too, but right? I, I thought it was a Refugee, yeah. But it I, really I drank it qu- I had to, I really <laughs> questioned it for a second. I was like, oh, fuck, is that really what it says? I mean, Which it would, actually would, it would apply. work way, way better. Because <laughs> they actually seek refuge from the urban area, they can't stay there. Well, they end up in, what is it, Denver, Colorado? Boulder. Boulder Colorado. Ultimately, Boulder. Anyway, this is a double IPA from Torch and Crown. It was pretty good from what I remember. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. So, were you, desperate time, you just drank it, Jimmy? Uh, I needed, I had, a, I, had a, I, had a, I had to cheers someone because I just got engaged. Uh, and I only had that and uh, Six Feet Apart and Unreliable Narrator. So, I had to pick one that I could like, the other two were like, I couldn't replace them. But this one, uh, I got this beer. From Finback, because when they're walking out of the cities, they end up walking into fields of tall grass. Oh, that's a really good beer. <laughs> yeah, drank good. drank two I, four I, packs I, I of that a, already. I had, I had a few of these. They're very nice. It's very nice. It's like a slightly slightly bananae or like cantaloupe. That's what I was confused those two. What's uh, what's in it? What hops? It's Finback. They give you the deets. Deep, uh, dry hopped with HBC472, Sabro, DD7, and Mosaic, in correlation with Cerebral, I guess. I don't know uh, that one that was named after a robot from Star Wars, yeah, but HBC. Sabro is a pretty common one these days. I mean, I think um, Sabro, nice. you get tropical, almost like tangerine, orangey, yeah, it's kind of coconut, like that. maybe. I, I don't like know about it. the other ones. It's very nice. HBC four, whatever the fuck that was, is uh, probably a, is probably a newer hop that doesn't even have a name yet. You know, Eric did mention this on one, on one of the episodes there that they have these experimental ones that don't have a cool name yet. They're like all those uh, designer drugs you can get online. It's like you can't just get like heroin or LSD. You can get like this is two CI or three JXE nine. Because they're not illegal, because there's no laws made yet for them. But you can order this shit, and they all have weird names like that. So you better be pretty sure which one you're getting. So I, I know what you're talking about, actually. So it's a it's a thing nowadays. Online designer drugs that just people with chemistry sets whip up. They're basically like making acid, but there's no laws against them because they just the laws haven't caught up. Because it's not strictly LSD; it's like some sort of it, very other, similar. They do a lot thing. of other. Uh, they, they're all they're all different. There's a bunch of them. They all do different weird stuff. Sweet. Well, I is... bet Stephen King did them when he was writing this book. No, he just did a shitload of coke. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Speaking of a shitload of coke, uh, so they are all wandering, and eventually, through a series of visions and magic, they end up all meeting with Mother Abigail in Nebraska. And she's like, cool, you got my message. That's good. And then there's a 45-minute chapter about her life because you can't yes. just meet her or no, anyone else for that matter. Everyone, everyone has a know. long, long story. Like for hers, it's like, and let's, let's take it back to 1904 and let's start from there. Like, oh, fuck you, dude. 
<laughs> I don't need to hear about the time she yeah. sang the Star Spangled Banner at the VFW or something, which happens in the book. It's like I'm not making that up. It might not have been VFW, but it was something to that effect at like a talent show. Which, by the way, I looked it up. The Star Spangled Banner wasn't the national anthem yet when she sang it. So the, why would they have given a flying fuck? Well, she could tell the future. Uh, okay, good answer. <laughs> but she couldn't really. Because she, she would just be like, oh, the Lord will provide a way. Because she's an old Morgan Freeman type in my head. <laughs> she, I mean, she basically was. She didn't really do anything except get everybody together to then yeah. meet at a second location. She got everybody together. But then she left to do 40 days in the wilderness and eat. And she's 99 years old. So hey, eating. But she's been making her own cornbread for 11,000 years. <laughs> she cultivated corn for the first time. Yes. She actually bred the thing we now know as corn from stalks of grass, from fields of tall grass. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, inception. <laughs> uh, beerception. 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 Uh, and then she leaves. She leaves, but she comes back just to die. Like they find her in the wilderness, or she comes back or something. She comes just back to die. Or, yeah. And everyone's like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I know. Let's go to Colorado." And then they go to Colorado. No, no, she dies. She's in already in Colorado, man. Yeah, so yeah. In Colorado. Okay. But before that, they get to Colorado, and they, they think this is where we're going to build our civilization. We're going to make a new world here to fight Randall Flagg and his assholes on the other side of the Rockies. And they create like this fucking like shoestring constitution nonsense where they're like, we'll have a committee and Robert's rules will kind of apply, but I guess No no no. They don't do a shoestring constitution. They adopt the actual fucking US Constitution. Good for them. As their constitution. And being uh, a little bit of a history nerd i couldn't help but think like you can't run a a small like village of 25 people with the u.s constitution they had about a a thousand about a thousand people still it's not everyone was a representative or a senator or a supreme court justice (laughs) (laughs) i think i think they're going for a broad strokes approach they weren't too worried about the interstate commerce treaties yet but yeah they they they, because they don't know anything they're fucking dopes and they're just like and we'll have a We'll make a committee of, I don't know, five, seven. Se- and we'll make sure seven. the pregnant 22-year-old is on the committee to lead us. Yeah. And Basically, uh, the committee is just whoever showed up to meet Mother Abigail first. Since people think that they're, they're leaders, even though they're not really qualified. Like, didn't Stu work in, like, a battery factory or some shit? Oh, calculator factory. Yeah. <laughs> He made cal- oh, it adds he, up. He must have been smart. <laughs> <laughs> he did calculators all day. <laughs> I really wish I want to go back and look if he made any if he made any subtle calculator puns the whole time. He wasn't a calculating man. Well, according to my calculations, we should be heading to Boulder soon. Like I just really hope he would say shit like that. <laughs> and they had that. They had the the one lesbian in town, and he was just like, "She's a lesbian? What?" You know, if I turn my calculator what? upside down, I can write boobies. So we could have like that, that to bond too? over. <laughs> she probably knows how to write boobies. <laughs> that was another thing that didn't make the uh, the translation bump from this took place 10 years later. Like, it was 1990. Like, lesbians were not something he'd never heard of. He's from East Texas, dude. 
That's like well, I mean, they just burned them there. I know, but like he'd heard of them. <laughs> it's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I heard their screams throughout throughout the book. There was a way too casual use of the N word. That's pretty common with Stephen King, dude. Like, there's a yeah. lot of just any. He just likes to introduce characters who are old bigots from the deep south, and they're just like, eh, and when and but the characters or from Maine, characters that use it weren't southerners like Stu never even said it it was like a lot of the stuff from new york it's about like oh they're, they're going to times square with all the uh porn theaters and hookers it's like this is 1990 what the fuck are you talking about and talk about, Steve- all the, talk about all the quaaludes <laughs> yeah quaaludes <laughs> right? like that's a really topical so reference quaaludes. <laughs> and also when they uh when harold and franny leave he brings their phonograph with them because he has that one forty-five RPM of yeah. baby, can you dig these nuts? And he brings it along with him. That, and he brought a case of paydays with him because he was just <laughs> eating candy bars. Some, somehow, like here's, this is the thing that doesn't make sense for any post-apocalyptic story. No one should be fat. Like, they're all like they walked oh, yeah. or like rode on a moped from Maine to fucking nebraska scavenging and he's still out of he's still chubby get the fuck out of here like well i mean he you know he brought a lot of candy with him <laughs> <laughs> he just had bags of candy like a kid on halloween <laughs> it's been mostly treat this year <laughs> <laughs> all right so they all get to the fucking place and they try to make their own Little rascals government <laughs> to run America. <laughs> but they're going to send secret agents to Las Vegas. Oh, but before that, I'm sorry. There's one more thing they forgot that kind of is important. They meet some bad people on the road. The guys who have the, the zoo. Yeah. They're just basically fucked just, up. The harem of drugged women that they use as sex slaves. And every, but every time that the, they find out, yeah, they, they get stopped on the road because the roads are cluttered with broken down cars because people were just dying mid-drive, which I guess is how it would happen. It, I don't it know. It makes sense, yeah. Everyone's so trying some, to get out of the cities and they just die in their cars. So the roads are just clogged and they get to this, you know, truck that's turned over or something and there's a guy there who's semi-official looking. And, uh, oh man, we skipped so much of like when the world breaks down and the... Like the TV, that scene where it's like the black soldiers shooting white soldiers on public access television. Oh, yeah. For no yeah. reason. Just like, here's a thing. Uh, come on down. <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> Whenever we kept saying something like that, like, step on down, please, as they're all sneezing on each other and dying. And the guy that uh, found a huge brick of heroin and used it and didn't know that he'd never had pure heroin before and just died. Yeah, there's a lot of just <laughs> random scenes. Just there was like, one. There was one chapter of like little vignettes, and there's also the scene of uh, some of the random bad people we meet too. Trash can man, also known as Oscar the Grouch, and he <laughs> is a pyromaniac, crazy person, like, like yeah, like, like paranoid schizophrenic pyromaniac. And then there's a, and you get his whole life story. But when he got electroshock treatment because his father got gunned down in the street by a sheriff who married his mother, like, I don't care, Stephen King. Like it's cool. Like you could have that in your head. I don't need to know it. And then there's the uh, the guy who who was the, the two like goons who like held up a gas station and he pokerized them. <laughs> they kept pokerized. Uh, yeah, or yeah. The criminal who ends up being like the right hand man of Flag. I forget his fucking name. 
Lenny? Lloyd? Lloyd? Lloyd. It was Lloyd, Lloyd Henryed. Yes. Like, he got Henryed. Ho. <laughs> so you meet these characters, and you're like, I guess, should I remember this guy? I don't know. Um, it turns out, no, you shouldn't. Because <laughs> you meet them again later on, and you're like, oh, I could figure it out. So they... Um, and the kid. I have a beer for the kid. <laughs> oh, the kid is a, an interesting character. It's a bit of a stretch here. Not that any of these have been really spot on for me today. But for this, the kid, why don't you, someone else describe who the kid was. Is. The kid was like a mysterious gangster slash cowboy slash masturbator. He's also like a five foot two or something like that and wears platform shoes with lifts and has a giant pompadour because he's like an insecure little man baby. Well, he has, he, has kid. A, he has a hot sports car. Uh, I forget the actual car he has, but this is, as clo- this is as close as I got. This beer is called White Ferrari, <laughs> and it's from Other Half and Freaky Friday. I've never heard of Freaky Friday brewing before, but it's a collaboration with them. It is an 8% alcohol double IPA, and when actually, when uh, I ordered this, Other Half was being very cryptic, and they were like, ooh, do you want to order a four-pack of our surprise collaboration? I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm buying enough beers. Just throw another thing in. And they're like, you can only buy one four-pack. All right, I'll buy one. And this is it, White Ferrari. Is this your first time with it? No, I drank the other three. Those are gone. (laughs) Those went fast. Well, because, you know, when when they limit something, you can only buy one. Like, shit, that must be really good or special. But there's no information, and this can is ridiculous. Like you can't, I don't know if you can see in the picture. It is white, uh, you know, decal or whatever this is, white, white label with silver fucking writing on it. I feel like I'm reading something like a letter from Dumbledore. Like I, can't, <laughs> I can't get anything off of this. Yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty hard to read, but it's a collaboration with them. I don't know, even know where Freaky Friday is. Uh, other half, of course, is in Brooklyn. We've had a bunch of theirs on this episode. It's a. Citra and Galaxy. Now, I look at their website. Oh, no. It says Freaky Friday Edition. Maybe I'm wrong. It's not even... Freaky Friday's not a brewery. That's why. It says Freaky Friday Edition brewed at other half. It's one of the Vales. I don't know. I don't know who they are either. The Vale? It's fine. It's a good IPA. I think for them making like a big hopping deal about this. Like, oh, you don't know who it is. We won't tell you the details. It's not that fucking good. You know? It's just a... Pretty good IPA. It's a it's a very good IPA, yeah. But like, I'll take the Mosaic Dream over it. I'll take the right. whole Strata. I'll take the Mylar bags. The other stuff that came in the same order, they were all excellent. It was like because I I actually couldn't order that because it was out when they weren't during the times when they weren't delivering to my neighborhood. So it's frustrating, right? Yeah, so I, I couldn't. It was frustrating. Yes, very. Well, but I I will say you're not missing anything here. Please don't drink those stouts. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I now have six of them in my closet. So, What, next to the pile of dead hookers? <laughs> no one needs to know about those. <laughs> I'm not done with them. <laughs> so yeah, I got this for the kid who hooks up with the trash can man in the mountains and they're heading over to Randall Flake and he says every like mm, 11 words... Was it, how's that, happy crappy? Is that the phrase you keep saying? Uh, It's something uh, stupid like that. Yeah, happy crappy. How's that that happy crappy? Which I don't really know what that means. 
He says, Coors beer is the only beer I'd piss Coors if I could. And I thought, Coors is basically piss. I've also been pissing Coors <laughs> for many years now. <laughs> but then he, like, butt fucks the trash can man, right? He uh, shoves a gun up trash can man's ass and makes him jack him off. Yeah, he, like, rapes the trash can man. And the trash can man is so broken. He's like, all right, it's fine. I'm jerking this cock now, I guess. It's I can't like wait to blow something up again later. <laughs> You blow. So I got something here. You can blow up. <laughs> so they have uh, they have adventures. Yeah. Well, it's a short. They have one adventure, like one chapter yeah. together. That's. I mean, you know, like an everybody has adventures of their own individualness, and eventually everyone settled in either Las Vegas or Boulder, which is the opposite of Las Vegas, apparently. And uh, they, being the Boulder people, with like the Boulder Free Zone is their name, right? The Bo- which sounds like a shitty. Shitty band from the sixties. Oh, absolutely. We're the, we're the Boulder Free Zone, man. And they, um, they they said we're going to send some spies and find out what's going on over there because we know Randall Flag is a bad man and he's going to hurt us. So we had to know. We needed to somehow know how, so we could you know fix it somehow, figure out their plan. And so they decide to hypnotize the. M-O-O-N guy. We haven't actually talked about Tom Cullen yet. Oh, we haven't talked about All Nick right. either. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things we haven't talked about. All right, let's talk about the... Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean... Because I don't really remember. There's two. The two other main characters that we haven't mentioned are Nick, the deaf mute, who has his own adventures, oh, yeah. getting locked up in some podunk town and then making friends and then making his way out after everybody dies. And he meets up with Tom Cullen, who is a significantly special needs man who thinks every word is spelled M-O-O-N or at least he says it over and over again and they become the best of friends like some sort of weird odd couple and so they eventually also make it to Boulder and they are part of that crew and so they're going to say like oh we're going to send three spies one of them will be this old guy who's you know street wise and is a judge or something I don't know and we're going to send the lesbian, because we don't want her kind in his town. <laughs> and we're going to send Tom Cullen, because no one would suspect that we'd send this guy. And we'll tell him that he can tell them that they, we sent him away because he was not going to be helping us out much. Polluting the gene yeah. pool. <laughs> he is, uh, I think that was the actual line. Pretty much, the yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's end of civilization. You don't want to... Gene pool's pretty small. It's more of a weight. It's like a kiddie pool, and you don't want to get something dirty <laughs> yeah, there. Right. So they're sending Tom Cullen, and so he goes out, and they all go out on their own way, uh, different different times, so they don't arrive at the same time, and they you know implant themselves in society. Except the judge who gets his face shot off halfway. Uh, but also there are traitors in Boulder, like Harold, who has become more like an everyday incel. Uh, writing in his because they didn't have they didn't have uh, like uh, they didn't have Reddit yet or Live Journal yet so he just writes in a journal about how much he hates women there's no 4chan and he's writing about chads and um, and he gets together with Nadine who is basically the spiritual wife of Satan and who says you can do anything to me just don't just just not in the vagina And you can do a lot of butt stuff, but no vagina stuff because that's for Satan. 
And he's like, that's fine. I'm a kid. I can work with that. She's like, go nuts. <laughs> and he's like, I will. Like, literally like, oh. just anything but that. And later on, she's like, I sucked his dick and he titty fucked me and he fucked me in the ass, but I'm pure for, you know, Satan. Because once it's when I was in pole. college, we played with a Ouija Satan board. Is, a Satan is all about purity. Definitely. But she had, like, when she, you know, she, since we meet her, and was it Stu that met? No, Larry met her. Larry hooked up with her. Well, not literally. But Larry, you know. He wanted to, but she was uh, the bride of Satan. So she could, she said no. Because she knew, like, she has the dreams, and she knows that she's got a special purpose as uh, the birth that, vessel. <laughs> getting that Satan dick. But she, she has streaks of white hair, but she's also like stacked. Like she's really hot. And she was a special ed teacher. <laughs> she's like a really interesting character. And um, uh, fuck, Harold, she's like, you can do anything but the vagina. He's like, you got it. You got it, boss. And then she's like, I hate this kid. I hate him. He's disgusting, but he's going to serve a purpose so I can get reamed out proper by Satan's big flaming dick. Also, he and knows how to make bombs now. Because, yeah, because he read it in like a fucking, he saw an episode of Dr. Mr. Wizard or whatever. Like, he could <laughs> make, she could do shit because he's a super nerd. Yeah. Mr. Wizard's <laughs> bomb making episode. And how's that I can't for believe a, I missed that one. A topical reference, Mr. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> I know the name, but I don't know what that is. It was a fucking old ass. It was old for Nate. It was. <laughs> it was actually. Did they, it was, have, did they have shows in the 1600s? It was basically <laughs> Nate would look at daguerreotypes. He of was Thomas an Edison. actual wizard in the 1600s. <laughs> it was an old show. I want to say from like the 60s. I don't know exactly what no, it was. I, I want to say it 70s? was the 80s or early 90s, and it was like kind of like Saturday morning TV, and it was very low budget, just talking about science. Even though it's called Mister. Was wizard, like Bill Nye really kind of thing about science. Yes. Okay. But without any of the charm, it was just like an old man in a garage. I don't know. There was not, it was no budget. It was just a, zero budget. a guy with zero. a couple of Bunsen burners and a beaker. Teaching kids how to make pipe bombs. Apparently. <laughs> that's what Harold learned. Look it up, dear listener. That's what they did. I saw it, I want to say once in my life. My mom was like, oh, you should watch this show. You're a nerdy kid and you're six. This is a science show from back in the day, and I watched it. Like, this is horrendous. I'm never doing science again. Where the fuck are the cartoons, woman? <laughs> so, yeah. So, Nadine convinces Harold. I mean, he doesn't need to convince him very much, but uh, you give a, a 16 to 18-year-old, like, a renewable source of, of butt stuff. He'll do pretty much anything for you. Oh, yeah. So, they build a bomb, and they leave oh, town. Do we talk about... Do we remember Joe and his Chinese eyes? Do we mention him yet? <laughs> Joe slash Leo and his very Chinese eyes. No, we did. We did not mention his very say, Chinese say, eyes. Joe and the Chinese eyes might be the best band name yet. That might be. <laughs> I can see that as like a glam rock band. <laughs> Joe and the Chinese eyes. Yeah, yeah. They're like very, very deeply in drag. <laughs> like ridiculously. Okay, we're like going into gaishas. way too much detail <laughs> about all this. So, like, the main... Let's just... We had so, they just, blow up some of the good guys. Shit. Nick dies, and some other lady dies. And then... People who don't matter. Yeah, people don't matter. And then they send a bunch of... Uh, Harold dies on the trip along the way because, you know, the, the devil guy didn't need him. And, he you know, he, he had a pretty good life. Uh, and uh, so... A lot of butt stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, for a, per- a significant percentage of his life was just butt stuff. But um, <laughs> so they it's end only up, downhill from there anyway, kid. <laughs> they end up getting a, a revelation of some kind. I forget why. Saying like the five of you, you know, you or the four of you, the main characters, of course, must leave and walk to Las Vegas and don't take it's, anything with you and just go. It, it's when Mother Abigail returns because she disappears. She like wanders into the wilderness because she's like proud. She's like she's so revered there, and she's such a pious person. And she realizes, like, oh, I'm being sinful or some shit. I need to go figure my shit out. And so she goes, wanders around the wilderness for I don't know a week or so, a hot minute. And they and they all look for her, and they're like, I don't know, I like, haven't found her. Haven't how far could an hundred and eight year old lady get? In the fucking, you know, Colorado summers. They never thought to check the base of her stairs. (laughs) She didn't have a life alert. But then they... (laughs) One of the other things where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a Stephen King book. The one doctor they have, for some reason, needs to tell you, like, a whole paragraph about her stool. (laughs) 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 And he's like... Listen, we don't know. She's in very poor health. She's not conscious, but I, I did look at a stool sample, and I found many twigs in it. <laughs> and also, it, it just tastes terrible. The corn was partially digested. It was, there wasn't much there. It didn't pop, and I didn't like it. And uh, it was, it was a, uh, why did he, it was a long spiel about her turds and that's the medicine. <laughs> like the world has ended and they find one doctor like, thank God we have a doctor finally. And he's just a turd guy. <laughs> well, you know, also wait, I got to find it in the book. Someone was a foot guy, by the way. I got to find out who it was because I was thinking of Jimmy when I okay. read that. <laughs> I took notes. I took lots of notes. Here, here's just some other random lines I read in the book that I was like, oh, this is Stephen King definitely wrote this book. <laughs> Here's one. I don't know where the fuck is happening in this book. Oh, it's like people. Oh, this is one like the the random vignettes of like shit breaking down. And it's like, if your officer in the field, if your officer is in the field, try to countermand my orders. Shoot them like dogs in the street, like dogs, like bitches with shit drying on their rumps. Like, <laughs> thanks Stephen King for that picture, <laughs> you fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's accurate. <laughs> Oh, also, there's like a whole bunch of things I highlighted in the book that foreshadow the ending. Like the phrase "the hand of God" appears oh, a yeah, bunch we of times. A lot about the ending. Also, here's here's another good here's another good Stephen King wrote this sentence. This is uh, Nadine talking about something. Nadine and Joe when they like want to kill uh, Larry. She felt the old familiar ache in her belly, the one so much deeper and all pervading than those caused by exercise. It was a woman ache. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is that shit? (laughs) Yeah. Here's another Stephen King sentence. Uh, Larry, uh, Larry and uh, is like imagining talking to Harold, I think it was. And he, we stumbled on another find. It. Or is this one Larry's thinking about meeting Harold because he kind of followed Harold's oh, yeah. clues. He, was, he has like this idea that Harold's some great man and he finds that he's this fucking weeb. And he has this whole conversation in his head where they're like, 
gentleman of the 1890s talking like good sir i cannot believe your acumen right and so here's the sentence that i highlighted inspector i stand amazed your deductive acumen is exceeded only by your good looks and by the extraordinary length of your reproductive organ like (laughs) fucking what the fuck is that shit that's how men talk in the old days okay okay here's another good one I, I don't I don't know what the context of this quote is because but it doesn't fucking matter. The rope had been changed many times between then and now, but never the tire. Oh, some this is the, the porch string in front of a porch swing in front of a Abigail's house. Now the canvas showed through in many places, and on the inside rim there was a deep depression where generations of young buttocks had set themselves down. Like, why does he write this kind of <laughs> shit? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this man? Cocaine. Okay. <laughs> no, cocaine. Cocaine. Oh, cocaine. Yeah, totally. Like, but like, cocaine doesn't make you think things you don't normally think. Like, he's obsessed with some weird shit. Yeah, I don't, don't want to give you all because I highlighted a whole bunch, but here's, here's just one more good one. This is the scene with the kid. He became sure at that instant of the kid's orgasm, he would feel two things simultaneously. The hot jet of the small monster semen on his belly and the mushrooming agony of a dum-dum bullet roaring up through his vitals. The ultimate enema. (laughs) (laughs) A dum-dum bullet? What the fuck, man? Like, he just... It's... What is damaged with this man? I don't don't understand. He's a fucking weirdo. Uh, But him being a fucking weirdo is why... Is how he does all this. So, I mean, it's... it's, That's how it works. I guess. Okay, guys. We have to talk about how stupid the fucking ending is. Oh, oh, we didn't say Mother Abigail. When she comes back, she's like, you four have to go. Oh, yeah. One of you is going to die. No one knows who. One of you God is not going to get there. Ah, oh, right, right, right. That's right. And they uh, t- assume that means one's going to die, and the other three get back. Yeah. Womp, womp. And you can't drive. You have to walk. Don't bring anything. Just go right now. And they're all like, you got it, old crazy lady. Can we run? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord has not revealed himself in that way. So Stu breaks his leg and doesn't make it because he trips and he goes, he got a wicked boo-boo. And then the rest of them are like, all right, Stu, peace. And they leave and they make it to well, Vegas they, and immediately they, get arrested. They agonize over leaving him. They're, yeah, uh, but they're like, you got to, because God told us we had to do this. And they're like, I guess God's on our side because the other side is, I don't know, Mormons or the evil. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And so they're all, uh, one, uh, the old guy ends up just getting shot in the face in jail because he pisses off Randall. This is also after uh, Nadine has leapt off the building because she's pregnant with uh, Demon Spawn. She's like, oh, this he, guy sucks. He fucked her catatonic. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was like, she, he, he's introducing her to people. Like, this is my wife. She's pregnant with my child. And she was just sitting there staring at the floor, eating her shirt. And then it said, <laughs> hold out your hand, Nadine. And she was just like, ah, here's my hand. And then it, after they shook it, like, you could put your hand down. Like, she was, I don't know what happened. He she fucked her with that She had a demon penis. Well, because he could control, like, weasels and shit, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so wolves. his, it, it, was it moles? What was the thing that attacked wolves. the old lady? No, but it was like weasels that attacked the old lady. Oh, she had, like, yeah, a also bag of weasels. chickens. Yeah. And also he had weasels. a weasel dick. <laughs> and he just fucked her under the stars and just turned her into a a meat puppet and just she was broken. And then she she tricks him into killing her. Yeah. 
Long story short, Tom Cullen gets uh, he pisses everybody off. No, not Tom Cullen. Uh, trash can man pisses everybody. Trash can off. man pisses everybody off because he keeps blowing stuff up when he's not supposed to, like all their all their uh, fighter jets and, and attack <laughs> and helicopters the and the people, all the pilots. Because like I just like blowing stuff up, hee hee. And so they he runs away and uh, he finds a nuke and he just like I'll just bring this with me in a shiny red wagon. <laughs> this is how I get redeem. I redeem myself. Yeah, he just throws a nuke in there. And uh, they're going to crucify. He says at one point he's in the silo where the the nuke is like you know five stories down. He's like, how am I going to get this up? And he just goes, and this is a quote: "Love will find a way." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he. I mean, his love was the most pure. He just loved blowing shit up. So I got to give him that. <laughs> love right. did find a way. Well, he succeeds, and it melts his body, and his eyes fall out like a fucking old egg hanging out of his fucking skull. And he brings the nuke. He's like, hey, everybody, look what I found. And they're going to kill the good guys, but instead he, they kill almost everyone by the dumbest ending to a book ever. Yeah. Holy Basically, he drives shit. Basically, he, he drives it all the way to Las Vegas. And tell me if I get this right. The, the Randall flag, his like devilness sets it off by accident. The it's hand of it. God like, pushes the button on it. Yeah, God. The hand of it, God itself comes down from heaven and says, "Boop," and he it's boops not even, them out of existence. It's not even a fucking Deus ex machina thing. It's, it's actually Deus. Deus. <laughs> Deus on the machina. Just Deus. Yeah. God just comes down, and there had been so much foreshadowing through the book about the about the hand of God and God's will throughout the whole book. And then all of a sudden, God's like, you know what? Now I'm deciding to intervene. Now I'll handle this shit. Like, I can do anything, but I've got to wait for this weird guy to drag a nuke up in our wagon for me to push the button on it. And so he nuke, and then God nukes everybody. (laughs) And this was right when um, they were going to publicly execute in a horrific way Larry and the other guy, uh, Glenn was that his name? The guy who didn't really matter much. Uh, Glenn got shot in the face in the jail. Oh, not cell. Glenn. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot. Oh, his oh, name. the 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 kind Native American. Oh, is he Native Ralph? American? Was it Ralph or something? I don't know. He was the. He was. <laughs> it's a Native American name. He was. He was just like the nice guy who was helping them all the time, and like mm, we need an expendable guy to come with us. Better be you. Like, okay. You got it, Kimosabi. <laughs> basically, what happened. And so God nukes all the bad people. And then there's fucking 60 pages of book left. <laughs> there's still there's kind way of more, a lot. I feel like there's more than 60. <laughs> yeah. It's about 90, 93% through that happens. What, what's his name? The old dude. The, the sort of, the, the redneck dude. Stu. Makes it back. Stu. Now he, well, the dog is the, the goodest boy ever. He is the <laughs> he goodest feeds boy. Him rabbits and shit. And he, Go fetch, fetch so me firewood. The, the mentally challenged man finds him. Drives up on a tricycle or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then they like save oh, him. Do. And then they like find <laughs> snowmobiles. And then they make it back to Denver. Okay, the end. Your leg looking very broken. <laughs> and they, they like camp out at a motel and like fix the projector. Oh and it's like, just get back to fucking Boulder, dude. Yeah, there's and then so they do. many, so many passages where it's like, 
Tom, I need you to go find a car and see if they have aspirin. And M-O-O-N, that's ten pages. That spells aspirin. <laughs> M-O-O-N, that spells broken leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever explained that jump show? <laughs> no, he just says it. It doesn't, they never explain it. I know, it. but like we've been, we mentioned it was our opening dumb gag of the episode. Yeah, but yeah, I we, mean, there's nothing to explain because <laughs> there's no explanation. <laughs> Well, the thing is, the guy is, he's, he, I mean, they call him retarded throughout the whole book. He's mentally oh, yeah. challenged. They use, they mentally use the hard he, R. He, he, <laughs> he's, he's not, he's, he's not playing with a full deck, if you know what I'm saying. He's not even playing with half a deck. He's got three Uno cards and a, and a chance from Monopoly, but he's playing, what he's playing, hold him with it. He's, he's, he's like, he's like got the IQ of a potato. And he's a sweet, char- lovely guy, but he's not intelligent. But also, he can uh, hyper focus into another dimension where he can comprehend all. Yeah, for a little, you, for a little you, bit. If you <laughs> hypnotize him somehow, he's really smart. But then, like, it just kind of trickles out of his ear, and he uh, <laughs> he saves the day, I guess. But throughout the whole book, he's constant like, "Oh, Lois, yes." And, and and I had to go back and read a couple of things. As I assume when he kept saying laws, yes, it was a really stereotypical black character. He's like, re- very Southern and very he's, slow. Yeah, because he's white. He's and like he's, practically albino, isn't he? He's super white with like reddish hair or blonde, reddish blonde hair. And he, any word, he's like, I know what, I know. You're, you're a deaf mute. M-O-O-N. That spells mute. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, dude, I mean, it doesn't. It's closer doesn't, than some of your other ones, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got one letter right. <laughs> it's cause like, oh, he's dead. M O O N spells dead. Like, he's like for no reason. You know he never says that it spells moon, though. No, that like would have been once. I was hoping just by chance, like he's just, got, just by law of averages, <laughs> it's got to say moon once, but he didn't. Though he does get smarter from being in the presence of Randall Flagg. Randall, he 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 does it, and also the goon right hand man says he got smarter and more capable by being around Randall Flagg. And there's one point where Tom Cullen goes, "Okay, that spells okay." <laughs> he can spell his, his intelligence doubled to a second that's word. That's the other word he could spell. I've, I've read that. I was like, man, that's deep. <laughs> But it just kept happening and kept happening. Like, what is the point of this? There was no point. So, okay. The book is like 1,400 pages yeah. of stuff. And then the ending just happens with one random character and God setting off a nuke. And so, which means most of the rest of the stuff that happened in the book didn't matter. Like nope. the first one of the first characters you meet is Lloyd, the musician dude, and there's like so Larry. much about him. Lloyd is and the bad guy over and over and over again. Lloyd's the bad guy. No, yeah, no, the Lloyd's, Larry Lloyd's is the, the bad guy. Larry, Larry. Larry. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Jesus, Nate. So Larry, <laughs> all this stuff, and he goes Smoke. on and on about the lady in the city, and that she kills herself, and all this stuff. It goes on and on, and then just like none of that stuff mattered. Because God just set off a nuke, ending the conflict. Maybe it's an like, absurdist thing. This is where, <laughs> God damn like, clearly, I mean, Stephen King, the way he writes is he comes up with a concept of a book and then does a ton of cocaine 
and then has no idea how it's going to end. And that's the problem with writing a book when you don't know how it's going to end. Is that the ending is going to be stupid? I don't know. I feel like he knows how it's going to end, even if it's a bad ending. But the, no, he the middle is full of just shit that doesn't matter. Because he, I don't, he doesn't have. I, think I don't think right. he knows how it's going to end. <laughs> I don't think he knows how it's going to end. I think he has a concept for the book and starts, and then is like, okay, I know. I'll write a book about a plague that kills most people. Okay, chapter one, and then he like writes all this stuff, and he like literally is coming up with it chapter by chapter, and then he's like, what? Okay, how do I end it? I'll have and that God makes for intervene. bad endings. That makes for bad endings. Dude, I agree with you 100%. I feel like Stephen King is like a Philip K. Dick character. He has cool ideas that are badly executed. The idea of, oh, what if the world ended and there's only a handful of people left and they're kind of drawn on good and evil sides and they have to face off? Cool. I'm, that's fine. And then he's like, and what if there's an old black lady? And they're like, all right, sure, I guess. And, <laughs> and what if there's like a retarded dude who can't spell moon? Like, uh, no, I he can only <laughs> spell moon. <laughs> but he doesn't but know, doesn't know what it spells. <laughs> he's like, M-O-O-N, that spells satellite. But again, you have him going around. Does it, Tom? And then, uh, well, the moon is a satellite. But then he... Ah, yeah, that's there close, you go. yeah. That was the joke. Um, that was for our cerebral Tom listeners. So, Tom's so wise. But then, and it's like, all right, cool. And then what happens? And what if it, I don't really know what happens next. I'm going to make some shit up right now. Let me reach into my fucking chasm and pull some shit out of my ass crack. And there's an ending. God solves it. Like, that's a trash ending, Stephen King. I, I guess I can After see. After 1,200 pages? That's fucking garbage. Like, they're setting the ultimate showdown between good and evil. And it's like, and God just kind of goes like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> Oop, let me fix it. <laughs> like, that's bullshit. That's Oops. insulting. And then yeah. that's the end of the story. And it's not like God made the plague. It's not like God, the plague came from the government. And, and you're like, all right, well, does that matter? I, I, no, it doesn't. But man made this plague, and God's solution was, I'm going to wait six more months, then I'll do something. Then I'll nuke all the bad people. And, and like two good guys, but like, you know, collateral damage. But you know, it, they yeah. were, all the good guys were in Boulder. He could have just flooded the earth again because Boulder's very high up. <laughs> it's mile high, bro. <laughs> oh, yep, pretty high. <laughs> it was insulting, the ending. It yeah, was so I, uh, I infuriating. It. I guess I could see the rationalization that it was good versus evil, but it didn't make it not terrible. So one thing that he says in the introduction to the new edition, uh, you know, the, the bigger, longer, uncut version, is that he was trying to write in a Lord of the Rings book that took place in America. Well, he did spend a lot of time walking, but there were no Very, second breakfasts. And no midgets. I'm trying to remember. Midgets. I don't think there were. Well, the kid was short, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a half yeah. And none but, of the, you and know, Frodo, the, at least in the book, didn't jack off on Sam, but he probably did. Oh, no, <laughs> Sam totally handled Frodo's business for him. <laughs> oh, oh, Sam Wise takes care of Mr. Frodo's sack. Use the ring. Let me handle the bag's end. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot, I mean, there is actually at least one or two direct references to Lord of the Rings, but... 
the um, the goons of of a uh, flag wear a like a a, a friendship necklace <laughs> <laughs> with like a rock with a red eye on it. Like wow, that's the eye of Sauron, dude. That's pretty direct. You know, he copies shit from Lord of the Rings, and they could have rode the eagles like, all the he, way to Vegas. That, <laughs> if you want to take it easy, yes, that would have been way better. <laughs> And we know what hotel they'd stay at when they got there. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty desperate, Adele. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, Jimmy, you're wrong. The Eagles are very good. I don't give a shit what you say. I know Jimmy hates the Eagles. It's okay to be wrong. I know, and you are. So the... Um, I mean, you know, we, we can worry a lot, but we'll find out in the long run. Nice. <laughs> I didn't realize you knew about the Eagles. I thought you were more of a the new kid in town when it came to Eagles puns. So this book. Listen, I don't want to take over. it to the limit one more time, <laughs> but let's get back to the book here. This book is done. We've read it. It's the, it's the big boy. This is our final book in our plague series. Thank fucking God, dudes. Yeah, they were all pretty bad. Actually, no, Love and Tom Cholera was really good. No, Love and Tom Cholera was great. That was good. I don't remember. The, the plague tried to say something. It just wasn't fun to read. Uh, That's a fair way yeah. to put it. That's a very fair way to say it. Uh, Andromeda Strain was really stupid. Yeah. World War Z was good, but not. it's different. And War of the Worlds was also dumb. Yeah, also stupid. So, overall, not a wildly successful genre of book. At least for us. No. No, definitely not. But this, I would say, is the book everyone thinks of when they think of books about plagues that end the world. So I will say that the the chapter about the spread of the disease was very good. This is like at the very, near the very beginning. Very beginning. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, and then, you know, he talked to two people and infected three people at the grocery store. And then they did this, and they went there and did two people at the restaurant. And it's like, yeah, that's how it works. And everybody's fucking stupid doesn't get that. I kind of think the reason why some people out there are inclined to believe that coronavirus came from a lab in China is because of this book. Or at least it primed the idea that like, oh, these things can escape from a lab. Yeah, I, I guess it's possible. But you're also ascribing um, the fact that... Logic? Yeah, and the fa- I think it's unlikely that people like that even read anything longer than the YouTube comments. Good point. So they've definitely never read a book this fucking long. Yeah. Why did we? We did because, I mean, you can't do a series of plague books without doing the stand. It's impossible. But now we have, nope. and it's done. Now we don't have to do it anymore. So... Oh, should anyone read it? No. You don't have to, no. No one. Stephen King has better books. And I say that as a Stephen King fan. And I know you... I, I have certainly critiques of him that are... that I understand the critiques of him perfectly valid, but he has way better books than this. So my question is, why do you think people think this is a great book? Because I'm only... You know, I, people are impressed people. by length. <sighs> That's what your mother tells me. <laughs> but people... That's what the ladies tell, say. Yeah. <laughs> Many people... Talk, I've only ever heard people talk about this book in a positive way. I've never heard anyone say this book is trash or not or just decent. It's always like, oh my god, the stand. Honestly, I think it's that people that have read it probably haven't read a lot of Stephen King books because he's written a shitload, 
And people that have read like, they read, you know, casually. If they're going to read one book by a famous author, they're going to read their biggest one or their most famous one. So they pick this one and say, wow, that's really big and it was good and I enjoyed it. But they don't necessarily, you know, people that just casually read it would probably just be impressed by its size. And it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't think it was as bad as you guys do. I understand the critiques of it 100%. It's way too long. The ending is atrocious. I hate the ending so much. But aside from that, it's not a bad book. If it was dramatically edited and the ending was better, it wouldn't be bad. No, Stephen King is a competent writer. I just think he runs out of steam three quarters through every book. And it's probably what Nate was describing. He gets coked up on a cool idea and then it fizzles out. Yeah, these books that he wrote back in the 70s are very different from later ones because he stopped doing so much cocaine. Sure. Well, he also also wrote the books in the 80s, like It. There was still cocaine. (laughs) I did feel like this book was very similar to It in some ways. You know, these other characters and these other narratives winding towards each other. But this just felt like a crummier version of it. I would call it... Yeah. Shit. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It. Yes. Shit. (laughs) That was the working title. (laughs) But it's the same... It's. I also feel like after reading this and reading a bunch of Stephen King now, he writes the same three books over and over again. He has the book with a bunch of characters that find their way together and fight an evil thing. But, I mean, that's, that's a general genre trope. That's not just Stephen King. But he does, it's not even subtle. Like, they're very, it's just like you just interchange, okay, there's a, you know, trash mouth, and then there's trash can. You know, they're taking yeah. the same I mean, well, I mean, this one, they actually came together. But, like, in it, they were kind of together from the beginning. Well, they, only, they, they came together in the beginning part of the book because they were the, the Losers Club had to form. Yeah. It's, it's but uh, people coming together to fight a, an a evil thing place. is a pretty, pretty general topic. Yeah, but he does the same thing. He has that. He has the books about a haunted evil place like The Shining or Salem's Lot. You know where they, oh, there's a spooky thing. Yeah, it's it's a horror book. If it's a horror book, it's either got to be a monster or an evil place or like a third thing. But I just feel like you could take if you were to lay out the plot points of those books. They're just interchangeable. He's like, oh, what if it's a haunted town? Scratch that. Haunted hotel. Like, he just changes a couple of tweak, a couple of things, and he's like, there's a whole other fucking book, and let's get, let me get some blow and write it. <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> I just feel like he's got, he's got cool ideas. As I said before, it's like Philip K. Dick. He has interesting ideas. You're like, oh, shit, a haunted hotel. Oh, oh like a plague. It kills everybody, and they have to like, fight. But then it just, it just falls apart. Every time for me. There's no Stephen King book where I was like, oh, shit, that was really tight. That made sense. Well, they're, never, they're never tight. No, they're just, Not in they're like any Nadine's sense of the butthole word. after Harold was done with it. It's just loose and just, ooh, flapping in the wind. It was terrible. Yeah. No, I, I don't understand why anyone thinks this is the best one. But I think it's just because people that think this is his best one generally haven't read a lot of it or they got something I didn't get, but I don't know. And I've read a bunch of Stephen King. I've read, you know, the big ones and a bunch of other ones that a lot of people haven't, and this is not close to the best one. I think there's a lot of people who think this this is not just a good Stephen King book. They think it's just a good book. That's the thing I don't understand. Like, if you want to say it's in the world of Stephen King, this is better than Misery or this is better than The Shining. Who gives a shit? Like, it's not really great. 
Like, oh, it's the best Stephen King book. Okay. But there are people who think that this is a great book, period. Like, oh, what a fantastic novel. It's not. I don't see that. I think he's got other ones that stand much better independent of being Stephen King books. I just feel like I'm a fucking crazy person. Such per- as? Like, I'm like the one sane person in a world of crazy people. Like everybody who's <laughs> like, like, I'm taking Stephen crazy King's pills. I do. Because every person I've spoken to is like, oh, Stan, it's amazing. I adored it. Like, no, it's, it's, it's bad. It's objectively bad. Yeah. It's definitely. not. I, I, Nate, what did you think? I, I don't know. I, so I, I really agree. didn't like it. I want to say, I, I still think I liked it. The most of all of his, all of the Stephen King books we've done. I don't know why. I guess maybe that was kind of like one of the first ones. And now I'm just like tired of the Stephen King thing. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wondering when Jimmy says there are better Stephen King books, what, which ones are you talking about? Like, I mean, it, what it is better, hands down. The, the, the plot points in it actually fit together in the end. Like, it seems like there was a plan. Maybe it was just an accident yeah, that mean, things came together in the end. bizarre it was, but it actually made sense internally. Yeah, like, like the plot threads, even though they were very separate, did actually make sense together in the end. It was like, well, that was nice. Unlike this. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we haven't done it yet. Well, I'm sure we will, but... Uh, it's hard to say of the Dark Tower ones, which are the bad, but like as, as a series, like if you look at it as one piece of work, it is much better. There are parts of it that are not great, and there are like whole books. The Dark Tower, you the mean? Whole, the whole Dark Tower the series. Dark, the first one blows hard. Dude. I mean, it, the I first one is just very, very, very basic, and the, the next ones like leap in terms of complexity and weird stuff about him. If only because he wrote them like so far apart. It's like a different person writing them. But it's still Stephen King. But I mean, it's just basically like, Gunslinger is basically like the prologue and doesn't get into anything in it. But it gets fucking weird after that. And I liked it a lot because I like weird shit. Is it perfectly written? Absolutely not. But as a internally consistent world, it is very good. And there, it goes for way. It's way too long, way too long. Again, of course. And there's a whole. There's one book that you guys are gonna fucking hate because it's so Wolves of the Kala. It is Wolves of the Kala. Yeah, uh, that's like the side quill, right? It's like book four and a half or something like that. No, that's um, that's Wizard and Glass. That's like a thing. Wolves of the Kala is basically the whole uh, thing is just a story he's telling them of his childhood. I think that's what it was. I can't remember the order of it because it's been so fucking long. But, I mean, I, I'm, hesitant. I'm not going to call him a bad writer. I don't think he's a bad writer. I think he's a, he got, he's a guy with very cool ideas that I like a lot that he ends up just not being good about utilizing. And he definitely does just kind of like have, he himself has said it, he has just horrific verbal diarrhea constantly. He shits the bed every time. So he I do, mean, he doesn't he doesn't stick the landing as uh, one of my my friends said at one point I certainly. quoted I don't I don't know why people think this is his best work I can't find any reason it is it's it's not it's the longest but it's not the best one by any means my theory is that any big book that you stick with you if even if you didn't like it 
you feel obligated to say you did like it because otherwise, like, why did you keep reading it if it was yeah. shitty? It's the same. So it's people, the same oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, the there's a econo- economist, sorry, or have this thing where if you paid more money for something, you're going to enjoy it more. It's, I, I, think, I think this is the sunk cost fallacy. Where sunk, it's cost is, like, um, well, you, sunk cost is you where pay, you think... That's like gambling. You no longer... You, you, you're not supposed to consider money you've already put into something. Right. That money's already gone. This is, this is like related to the sunk cost fallacy, though. Because it's like, well, I paid a lot of money for these fucking theater tickets, so this better be good. And you're more likely to convince yourself it was good... To justify the money yeah. you spent, where like if you do the experiment, where it's like one person pays ten dollars, one another person pays a hundred dollars, the person who pays a hundred dollars is going to be like, it was amazing, yeah. it was it's, so. It's not good. the real term, but it's the uh, illusion of value. Yeah. Where it's like, if something, if someone tells me that this is more important, more valuable, for various reasons, where it's book length or like fame, I'm going to think it's better. The same, you know. Why, like, famous movies that aren't necessarily very good, people just fucking love them. Or famous books, people that people say are really great, but maybe they're not. But they've achieved this cult status, or not even cult, just widespread status. Yeah. So, I think The Stand is like that. I don't know. It's not the worst book I've ever read by far, but it's not the best. It's not even, it's not Stephen King's best at all. All right, are we ready to end this? Are we ready to take a stand? <laughs> At our last stand. Wait, I just fucking thought of something. <laughs> there is oh, no final stand in the book. The final Jesus. stand is what's when they knew it everybody. doesn't really happen though. Like you, no. you're expecting a battle. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Maybe this is the final stand against evil. I mean, the last section of the book is called the stand. But That's like where the title one. comes from. No, there isn't. It's like the three random people get to Vegas. One of them gets shot in the face, and then the other two are about to die, but then God nukes everybody instead. That's the stand. It's God's there final stand. No, there is no actual stand. It's not like uh, there's, no, no, there's no final battle. There's no showdown. It's a it's ah uh, frustrating. <laughs> I mean, uh, am I missing something? No, I, you're right. I, I, when I, when I, not at all. Not at all. When I think of the stand, I think of like a showdown, and here it's like, and two guys and a dead sociology professor <laughs> make a stand. <laughs> they get arrested and then die with everybody else. That's it. Horseshit. I won't stand yep. for mm-hmm. it. All right. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And also, we have a Patreon. If you feel like uh, giving a couple of your hard-earned dollars away before the world ends, head on over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, and you could get a whole host of mediocre to not-so-satisfying rewards for giving us your money. (laughs) (laughs) And you can give us a bunch of stars on the reviewing things so that uh, we can make a final stand against the evil AI menace that recommends podcasts based on stars. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. Thanks for listening. Thank you.